0: Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church, recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. At that time, I will bring you home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Kathy Izzard and her sisters didn't play house growing up. They played hallmark. For every relative's birthday, anniversary, or holiday, their mom got out the arts and crafts supplies, and she and the girls created elaborate custom cards. Glitter and glue were not enough. Each card had to have a theme, an illustration, and a message. For Kathy's six-year-old birthday, her mom went over the top. She stenciled ten beautiful invitations for Kathy's friends. They selected a cartoon theme for the party, and each friend came as their favorite character. Kathy came as Linus. Her mom painstakingly pinned, painted, and baked for the big day. Everything was flawless, including making sure Kathy got the one present she wished for when she blew out the candles, an easy-bake oven. Three months later, Kathy looked up from her Barbies and saw her mom in the backyard garden. But something was different. Her mom held the clippers, but she wasn't trimming the roses. She appeared to be talking to someone, but nobody was there. She moved from bloom to bloom, talking to the roses. When the girls went out to check on her, she didn't recognize them. For the next 16 years, Kathy's mom would be in and out of mental institutions. When her mom was at home, she was never the same. She slept most of the time. Kathy felt that her childhood had been robbed from her. She felt like, this disaster had destroyed her home. In the scripture lesson from Zephaniah we heard earlier, the prophet speaks to a people who were going through a time of national and global devastation and were experiencing isolation from their community. That sounds familiar. Instead of closing his last oracle of prophecy with a stern word of admonition, Or even with a prayer, Zephaniah does something different. He closes by inviting the people to join him in a song. A song of victory. A song of joy. A song of hope. Zephaniah looks through and beyond the time of disaster to the time of restoration. And he says God will not only bring victory over the enemy, God will lead and join the people in singing this song of Alleluia. In the midst of the song, are the three most comforting words in all the Bible. The three words we need most right now. Do not fear. Those are the words we just heard the angels say to the women at the empty tomb. Do not fear. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised. Then the risen Jesus himself appears to the two Marys, and his first three words to them are, Do not fear. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This Easter season, I find myself identifying most with those brothers, Jesus' male disciples. Their first experience of the resurrection did not happen through the magnificent appearance of an angel, nor by falling at the feet of the risen Jesus himself. Instead, resurrection came to them as they were locked away in their homes, just as you are tonight. Resurrection came for them when the two Marys knocked on their doors and shared the good news probably with this preface, do not fear. No matter where or how, the important thing for us is this, resurrection still comes. In the song from Zephaniah, God sings out, I will remove disaster from you and I will bring you home at the time I will gather you. God also sings, I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise. After hearing about Kathy Izzard's hallmark early childhood, you will, be not, you will not be surprised to hear that later she became a graphic designer in Charlotte. She had given up on church and God until one day one of her daughters spotted a painting of Jesus and said, Mama, who's that? The next Sunday, she loaded up the family in the minivan and took them all to church. There she learned of an outreach ministry, much like our community breakfast, that needed a family to volunteer for the fourth Sunday. So a few Sundays later, she again loaded up the minivan and took her family to the Urban Ministry Center to make and serve soup and sandwiches for anyone who needed or wanted them. Around that time, Kathy's mom, whose mental illness had finally been diagnosed as bipolar and who was responding fairly well to medication and therapy, sent Kathy a book entitled, Same Kind of Different as Me. It tells the story of the unusual friendship between Ron Hall and Denver Moore. Denver was a homeless man, and this friendship changed both their lives forever. Kathy's party planning instincts from her early childhood kicked in, and she decided to hold a fundraising gala to benefit the Urban Ministry Center. She invited Ron and Denver to be the guest speakers. Before the banquet, Kathy proudly showed Denver around the center. To her dismay, he did not seem too impressed. Instead, he had one question for her. Where are the beds? Answering that question propelled Kathy on a five-year journey to raise $10 million to turn a former junkyard into a 100-unit apartment complex to give permanent housing to the chronically homeless. She named it Moore Place, both for Denver Moore, who asked that fateful question, and for the first couple who donated to the project whose last name also happened to be Moore. Along this five-year, seemingly impossible journey, unexpected persons would pop up at just the right time. Kathy, who felt God had abandoned her as a six-year-old, learned that God is not only still here, but is singing alongside her. Near the end of Kathy's book, The 100 Story Home, Kathy shows her mom around Moore Place just before the grand opening. Her mom tells Kathy and her sister, I always wanted to be there for you girls, but then it would happen again, meaning one of her isolating episodes of mental illness. Kathy writes, At last, there it was. The shame, the secret and the thing we could never talk about. Mom's version of again was so different than how it all could have been. Any one of those agains could have been the end. Each spiral into mania could have been a suicide. With each new round of medicine, she could have stopped taking them. The pain of each lost year could have been amplified if she had coped using alcohol. None of that was her story. None of that became my story. We stood together in this moment, and the past 40 years, including those 16 lost years of my childhood, were with us. Seconds earlier, those years had been wedged between us, but it felt like they had just begun to compress in a time warp, finally pulling us together in an accordion of forgiveness. As though it were foretold by Zephaniah, God still had some more singing to do with Kathy. A friend invited her to put her newfound gifts to help raise $25 million for Hopeway, which turned out to be the region's first and only nonprofit residential facility for treating mental illness. God sang Kathy full circle from disaster to home. In this unique Easter, God is singing us there too. Amen. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.